Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver About Wizard and the Glass. The fifth chapter. I didn't know we joined the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> the fifth chapter. We're going over... We're, we're in the fourth book of the Stephen King saga, The Dark Tower, called Wizard and Glass. We're in the second part on the fifth chapter of the second part. And it's July 5th. It works. It is technically July 5th. We have officially... Um, this is completely filmed out of order. I have officially. It's completely filmed out of order, but I will guarantee you in the rest of the videos you see this week... I really enjoyed Spider-Man. This is out of order. I can't even... So Spider-Man was pretty awesome. I, in fact, did enjoy it. And... And what? My brain died. My brain died. It so died. I'm so confused. I mean, I am too, because I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Because doesn't this one... Comes up Monday. Yeah. So, yeah, you've already seen Spider-Man. You can say... You well, can just say. this video I have, but Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursday videos say I don't. Uh, or, okay. let me see, two, uh, well, not Tuesday, because we feel that's the have, but Wednesday and Thursday both say I have not seen it, but I'm going to enjoy it. So this technically comes out on the 8th. So this eighth. comes out before those videos come out, uh, where I'm right. saying that I haven't seen it, but I'm going to enjoy it. Yes, because you so, keep saying you're enjoy you're, you've enjoyed it, and I'm like, you're lying to them, you don't know this. But now, as of the first video, you'll see I have, in fact, seen the movie and did, in fact, enjoy it. This is all out of whack. <laughs> Anyways, this is coming out July 8th. Have fun. Is it? Mm-hmm. It is Monday. My birthday! Happy birthday to me! I'm 112. Don't I look great? That Im- immortality kicks just... <laughs> You're I riding need, that cloud high. I need it. I need it. I want it. And I need it. I had to try to calculate earlier how old I was. God, how old am I? See. How old I? All, all I know is that even even as your birthdays go by, if you just keep changing the number that you're changing, your body's not going to stop. I'm sorry. It might. You don't know that. You could be 105 on your next birthday, and your body's probably still just going to keep going. That's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Time sucks. It's a contract that shouldn't exist. Clamstruck. Contract, construct, it works both ways. It's a thing. Something happened. Okay. Chapter 5, Welcome to Town. So the last thing we left... This is why you don't have paper. (laughs) Ever. Um... The last thing we left was the big coffin hunters at the tavern. Yes, yes. Jonas talking to... uh, Reynolds and DePape wasn't there. One of them was there. One of them came down the stairs. said Reynolds. Yeah. But I was saying he was talking to Coral. There we go. Coral Thorne. Oh. She was at the table as well. I don't think... He he wasn't necessarily talking to her, but he was playing cards with her. Well, I think whichever one came down. Reynolds was upstairs, and then he came down. Yeah. The paper, no one knew where he was. They assumed he was with some underage chick somewhere. Yep, yep, that was what was said. Oh, yeah, this was the beginning. 
Okay, I know what's going on. They are riding into town. Yes. Diana says, I don't know if I can do this, Elaine muttered. He was a big boy with a mop of unruly blonde hair, spilling out from under his stockman's hat. Uh, he had the best of... Nope, nope, we skipped the line. He had cleaned up well. They all had. But Elaine, no social butterfly under the best of circumstances, looked scared to death. Uh, Cuthbert was doing better, but Roland guessed his old friend's patina? What is that? No. His old friend's patina, which I know that, of... Okay. Uh, if there was to be a leader done here, he would have to do it. You'll be fine, he told Elaine. Just... Oh, he looks fine, Cuthbert said, with a nervous laugh as a winged adobe? I, don't, I think it might be adobe, but... Because you know what? That's a fun word, too. But Okay, so patina. A green or brown film on the surface of bronze or similar metals. So a glass or sheen on the surface. Old friends. Oh, the impressions of appearance of something. He carries the patina of old money and good breeding. Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) King, we don't know these words. Why you gotta be throwing these up here? We're simple folk, okay? Okay, and insouciance is... Insouciance. is the casual lack of concern or indifference. So pretty much his... His appearance of seeming like everything is fine. That Didn't is exactly what, yeah, exactly okay. what he was saying. Okay, because you know what? We couldn't say anything remotely like that. We had to use these two big fancy words. Nobody knows. And... My patina sounds like a town in Star Wars. <laughs> and adobe is a kind... Or adobe, adobe or adobe, I don't know, because of the little chica-chica marks. A kind of clay used as building material, typically in the form of sun-dried bricks. So it's a type of clay brick, pretty much. It's a brick house. Winged adobe. Hacienda. What? Hacienda. I don't even. Yeah, hacienda. Because why not? Because why not? Which is okay. I will say that throughout this chapter, they use a lot of Spanish words. Like, just words that Spanish. you would normally hear in... I don't speak Spanish. Like, they later on use, um... I don't know. While they're dancing, they... Jesus. But yeah, while they're dancing, the type of dance that they do is... is I'm pretty sure it's a Spanish word. The, uh... Once again, yeah. don't speak Spanish. Make it very difficult, oh man. Okay. No. All right. Let's put the laughter every window. What is sheet ugly as a? Hmm. Shut up, Roland. Said <laughs> curtly. Uh, and the teasing smile tumbled off Cuthbert's face at once. Roland noted this, then turned to the land again. Just don't drink anything with alcohol in it. You know what to say on that account. Remember the rest of your story too. Smile. Be pleasant. Use the social graces you have. Remember how the sheriff fell all over himself to make us feel welcome. Yeah, that's a lot going on with the sheriff. Mm-hmm. 
In the matter of social graces, Cuthbert said, they won't have many themselves, so we should all be a step ahead. Roland nodded, nodded, then saw the bird skull was back on the horn of Cuthbert's saddle. And get rid of that! Looking guilty, Cuthbert stuffed the lookout hurriedly into his saddlebag. So he st- So at some point in time, Cuthbert went out to wherever Roland had hit the thing. You got it back? And found it. It's the lookout. Come on. Which I love the thing later. About the lookout. <laughs> you had one job! How dare you! But oh. yes, so then we go back to the day before when the sheriff actually welcomed them. That's it. We did? Mm-hmm. It literally is the first line. <laughs> well, I guess so. For some reason, I assumed they were heading to the sheriff's. Somehow missed this line completely and just assumed it all happened. No, because they had said, uh, remember how the sheriff fell all over himself? And then, of course, they tell us how the sheriff fell all over himself. You know what? And then we go back. It's all right. It's not that important. Okay. I got it completely wrong, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't change how this all works. So far, everyone had greeted them happily. Even the carters they had passed on their way into town, and that alone made Roland feel suspicious and on his guard. He told himself he was likely being foolish. Of course the locals were friendly and helpful. That was why they had been sent here, because Magus was both out of the way and loyal to the affiliation. And it probably was foolish, but he thought it best to be on close watch just the same. To be a trifle nervous. The three of them were little more than children, after all, and if they fell into trouble here, it was apt to be as a result of taking things at face value. Hmm. Then we get lots of nice big descriptions of places. And... Yeah, which, yeah, I skipped all the way to yeah. Sheriff Hark, Herc, Sheriff Herc Avery, will only be known as Avery from this time yeah. forward, um was a big-bellied man in a lawman's khaki pants and shirt. He must have been watching them approach through the spy hole in the center of the jail's iron-banded front door, because the door was thrown open before Roland could even reach the turnbell in the center. Sheriff Avery appeared on the stoop, his belly preceding him. (laughs) Baliff? 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 May proceed my lord judge into court. Uh, his arms were thrown wide in a most admirable of greetings. That's not that word. What? Amiable. Amiable. Yeah. Admirable. I like that word better. (laughs) (laughs) When you just start making up words, it's fine. Well, I mean, King's throwing all kinds of strange words in here. I'll make up my own. Yes, but I'm able to look them up, okay? (laughs) I can't look up yours. I mean, that's a real word. Admirable is a real word. Admirable is. That's what I said. <laughs> I read admirable as admirable. Doesn't matter. What has a D in it? What are you admirable. talking Admirable. I'm just telling you, I read it differently, okay? <laughs> I will make up how I want to say these words. They're real words. They're <laughs> not the ones that are on the paper. <laughs> you got well, this. They'll never know. Unless they read the book. And then lots of um, lots of bowing. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of bowing. One bowing to each other. Lots of bowing. The sheriff, the deputies, the deputies gawked at them. <gasps> of course, they walked in, and it was a lot cleaner than they thought. They, 
that it was going to be because they've been to place after place and everything's kind of like, eh. Yeah, it's obvious. Yes. They made sure things were neat, spick, and span before they got there. They've cleared... They've cleaned for our coming, Roland thought. He was amused, touched, and uneasy. Mm-hmm. Cleaned it as though we were a troop of inner barony horse, career soldiers who might want to stage a hard inspection instead of three lads serving punishment detail. But was such nervous care on the part of their hosts really so strange? They were from New Canaan, after all, and folk in this tucked-away corner of the world might well see them as a species of visiting royalty. And we find out that Cuthbert is the one who is in charge of remembering every single person that they meet, including names, faces, what they're doing, what's shady about them. Yeah, he's supposed to have the memory. Yeah. Which they specified at some point here. Yeah. Roland shook hands with all of them, not trying to memorize their names. It was Cuthbert who took care of names. And it was a rare occasion when he dropped one. Of course, we got to have a bald guy with a monocle. Of course. <laughs> uh, you got a what is it? Oh God! There's two pe- bald people I know with monocles. I was thinking the peanut guy <laughs> and then the of monopoly he's bald. guy. Yeah. Is the monopoly guy? Yeah, I guess the monopoly guy is bald. For some reason, I'm thinking of the KFC guy. Okay. I don't think he has a monocle. No, I think he. He's just glasses, glasses, but he doesn't have a monocle. It's an entire I mean, At this process, point, okay. it's possible he did have one because we have like 45 versions. Like the poor man died and now they've cloned him 45 times. Uh, the third, oh yeah, the third, a bald fellow with a monocle hanging around his neck on a ribbon actually dropped to one knee before them. Don't do that, you great idiot, Avery cried, yanking him back up by the scruff of his neck. What kind of a bumpkin will they think ye? Besides, you've embarrassed them so ye have. That's all right, Roland said. He was, in fact, very embarrassed, although trying not to show it. We're really nothing special, you know. Nothing special, Avery said, laughing. Oh, Jesus. Of course, he doesn't. They they mentioned he doesn't have the jolly Santa jiggly belly when he laughs. No, no. Uh, Then we get offered some drinks. I've got gaff! Which you won't want so early in the day. Perhaps not at all, given your ages. And if you forgive me for stating so bold and obvious fact of your youth. For youth, not a thing to be ashamed of. So it's not. We were all young once. And I also have white iced tea. Which I recommend most heartily. As Dave's wife makes it and she's a dab hand with most any potable? Potable. Potable? Sure. Sure, potable. Because that makes more sense. You've never heard of potable water? It means it's drinkable. Anything you can drink. You can't say drinkable water. We've got to say it's you potable. Might. Why? What? <laughs> the, the reason why I know that word is because of hiking and camping and everything. I don't hike and camp. I know you don't. Okay. Y'all are all talking about pot all day? Potable, it's potable. Roland looked at Cuthbert and Elaine, who nodded and smiled, and tried not to look at the sea. Then back at Sheriff Avery, white tea would go down a treat in this dusty throat, he said. Uh, 
Um. You know who you are and where you hail from. And I know the same, Sheriff Avery said, sitting down in his own chair. It uttered a feeble groan beneath his bulk, but held steadily. I can hear in-world in your voices, but more important, I can see it in your faces. Yet we hold to the old ways here at Hambry, sleepy and royal as... Rural. Rural. I can rural. never say that. Rural. 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 Yeah. It's not rural. royal. It's r- rural. Rural. Yeah. Rural. Yeah. Rural. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a hard <laughs> It's a word. Uh, sleepy and rural. <laughs> sleepy. And uh, backwoods. Yeah. As well may be. Uh, we hold to our course and remember the face of our fathers as well as, well's we can. The way they speak sometimes. So although I'd not keep ye here <laughs> long for ye duty. Woo, buddy. Well, I, can't, I won't keep you that long, okay? And if y'all, it's more, you'll forgive me for the impatience. I'd like to look, is it? Nope, impendence. Impertinence. Impertinence? I'd like a look at any papers and documents of passage. Ye might just happen to have... Brought into town with ye, sweet baby Jesus. You made it. Like talks, how he's talking here. A lot of yees and yees and oohs. They just happened to have brought all of their papers into town with them, as Ooh. Roland was sure Sheriff Avery well knew they would. He went through them quite slowly for a man who'd promised not to hold them from their duties, tracing the well-folded sheets, the linen contents so high that the documents were perhaps closer to cloth than paper. With one pudgy finger, his lips moving. Every now and then, the finger would reverse as he reread a line. The two other deputies stood behind him, looking sagely down over his large shoulders. Roland wondered if either could actually read. William Dearborn, Drover's son. Richard Stockworth, rancher's son. Arthur Heath, stockline breeder's son. Uh, more document crap. <laughs> Upon my soul, boys... "'Twas a gunslinger wrote this. "'Aye, so it was,' Cuthbert agreed in a voice of wonder. "'Roland kicked his ankle hard without taking his respectful eye from Avery's face. "'The letter above the frank was from one Stephen Deschain of Gilead, "'Roland's father.'" "'Exactly. A gunslinger.'" Which was to say a knight, squire, peacemaker, and baron. The last title given almost no meaning in in the modern day, despite all John Farson's ranting of the 29 generations descendants from Arthur Eld. Arthur Arthur of Eld. So yes. (laughs) Uh, It's funny, pretty much the letter says... It says, the document finished by inviting any or all of the addressed public officials to write us word of these young men and their deportment in all details you shall imagine of interest to us. And it begged, do not stint in this matter if you love us. Tell us if they've behaved themselves, in other words. Tell us if they've learned their lesson. Mm. Elaine shook his glass slightly, just enough to make the ice 
tingle, and Roland responded with a barest sliver of a nod. He had expected cool tea from a jug kept in a nearby spring house, but there were actual chunks of ice in these glasses. Ice! In high summer! It was interesting. And the tea was, as promised, delicious. This is excellent white tea, sir, Elaine said. I've never had better. Ay, Avery said, sipping from his own glass. Tis the honey that makes it so fearsome. Eh, Dave? I believe it so, but Judy don't like to say she had the recipe from her mother. Ay, we must remember the faces of our mothers, too, so we must. Sheriff Avery looked sentimental for a moment, but Roland had the idea that the face of his mother was the furthest thing from the big man's mind just then. He turned to Elaine, and sentiment was replaced by a surprising shrewdness. You're wondering about the ice, Master Stockworth. Elaine started, Well, I... Ye expected no such amenity in a backwater like Hambry, I'll warrant, Avery said, and although there was a joshing quality on the top of his voice, Roland thought there was something else entirely underneath. He doesn't like us. He doesn't like what he thinks of, uh, of as our city ways. He hasn't known us long enough to know what kind of ways we have, if any at all, but already he doesn't like them. He thinks we're a trio of snot-noses, that we see him and everyone else here as a, as country bumpkins. Not just Hambry, Elaine said quietly. Ice is a rare in the inner arc these days as anywhere else, Sheriff Avery. When I grew up, I saw it mostly as a special treat at birthday parties and such. There was always ice on glowing day, Cuthbert put in. He spoke with very uncuthbertian quality, or quiet. Oh, uncuthbertian. <laughs> it's them really transforming Cuthbert's name here. Except for the fireworks, that what we liked about it most. Is that so? Is that so? Sheriff Avery said in an amazed, wonders will never cease tone. <laughs> Avery perhaps didn't like them riding in like this. Didn't like having to take up what he would probably call half the damn morning with them. He didn't like their clothes, their fancy identification papers, their accents, or their youth. Least of all their youth. Roland could understand all that, but wondered if this was the whole story. If there was something else going on here. What was it? You don't even know. Dun, dun, dun. We know. You don't even know. I'm surprised you haven't found use for the oil, Roland said. No generators in town, Sheriff? Aye, there be four or five, Avery said. The biggest is our... Is out at Francis's... Francis... Lingles? It It could be Lingle, it could be Lingle, it's however you want to say it. I have no idea. It's a name. It is a name. Good old Lenny here. <laughs> rockin' Bee. Uh, Lenny's Rockin' Bee Ranch. And recall when it used to run. It's Honda. Do ye, do ye ken it that name, boys? Honda? Good old Honda. Uh, I've seen it once or twice, Roland said. In old motor-driven bicycles. Really? Ah, in the case of the generators, will run on the oil from the Sitgo patch. Tis too thick. Tari goo is all. We have no refineries here. 
I see, Alan said, Aline said. In any case, ice in summer's a treat, however it comes to the glass. He let one of those chunks slip in his mouth and crunched it between his teeth. Yeah. It's like, out of all the names we can play with, it's like that's the one name we can't. Elaine. Because there is an Alan. <laughs> I can't remember why, but I remember there being an Alan. Ah, but I want to say Alan. Because it is close. Yeah. And, well, it's very close to my own name. So... <laughs> Oh, all right. Then he invites, the, or he, on he invites them, of course, to the mayor's dinner party. Uh, it says, "Tomorrow evening, seven o'clock for most folk, eight for you, young fellows. So you can make a bit of an entrance, I imagine, at a touch of drama like. And I need not tell such as yourselves, who probably attended more parties than I've had hot dinners." That it would be best to arrive pretty much on the dot. Is it fancy dress? Cuthbert asked uneasily. Because we've come a long way, almost 400 wheels, and we didn't pack formal wear and sashes, none of us. Avery was chuckling, more honestly this time, Roland thought. Perhaps because he felt Arthur had displayed a streak of unsophistication and insecurity. Nay, young master, Thorne. Thorne understands you've come to do a job. Next door to working cowboys, you be. Where they don't have ye out dragging nets in the bay next. Um, Where the best ye have and you'll be fine. There'll be no one there in sashes in any case. That's not how things are done in Hambry. No one, huh? No No, one at all. Not possible. Uh, In any case... You'll find yourselves working more than playing tomorrow night, I imagine. Hearts invited all the large ranchers, stockliners, and livestock owners from the part of the barony. Not that there's so many you, so many, you understand, being as how mages is next door to a desert once you get west of the drop. But someone who's good in chattel? Sure. You've been sent to court. Count will be there. Court. Susan, everybody's going to be there. Yeah. Well, and now turn to Cuthbert. You'll want to be on your medal tomorrow? What does that mean? What does that mean? You'll want to be on your medal tomorrow. Am I bringing the guitar? Are we shredding? I, I, don't, I, I don't quite think that's what... Is it two T's or one... It's two T's. Okay. M-E-T-T-L-E. A person's ability to cope well with difficulties or to face a demanding situation in a spirited and resilient way. I don't think You that's... want to be on your medal tomorrow. I honestly think that he's just saying, hey, you want to be on your game. I think... That may, I mean, I agree. That sounds good. The team showed their true medal in the second half. Yeah, see, to me, I think... I think what... Stephen King's trying to make a point of is, hey, you want to be on your game. We can't, we don't want to say anything like that. We we want to use the word metal. Uh, Cuthbert nodded. Don't fear me, Will. I'll note note them all. Because yes, you will. Avery sipped more tea, eyeing them over the glass with a roguish expression so false it made Roland want to squeam. 
Most of them's got daughters of marriageable age, and you'll bring them, and they'll bring them. You boys want to look out. Roland decided he had had enough tea and hypocrisy for one morning. He nodded, 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 emptied his glass, smiled, hoping this looked more genuine than Avery's. Now looking, looked at him, and got to his feet. Cuthbert and Elaine took to the queue and did likewise. Thank you for the tea and for the welcome, Roland says. Please send our best to the mayor. Thank him for his kindness and tell him that we'll see us tomorrow at 8 o the clock. Prompt. I so I will. It went from... <laughs> Alan to Elaine to Alien. Did I say Alien? I don't think I said Alien. Well, I tell me. It's... You caught yourself, though. But it was funny, because you're like... You're like, Al, alien. <laughs> I was like, it's good. But no, uh, there was something before that even happened. That... Sure. Inform us. What happened? <laughs> oh, it was just um, when you said he uh, he <laughs> nodded. And you were trying to read nodded and emptied at the same time. So you said he, he nodded. And then you caught yourself, and you're like, he nodded, emptied, but it's just funny because you laughed at it, but my brain was still trying to catch up with that when you said alien. It was great. I'm he's an alien now. He nodded, nodded. See, I can't, I can't say nodded. <laughs> nodded is really hard to say. Apparently, he nodded, emptied his glass, there you go. smiled. Yay! He did a lot of things. He did a lot of things. Okay. No, I don't know. I'm never gonna look at Elaine's name the same. Yeah, alien. He's a little alien. I'm fine with that. Yay! Um. Oh, land. I forgot to ask you about that, Roland said, knocking the heel of his hand against his forehead. We've camped out on that long slope. Lots of horses as you go down the turf. I'm sure you know where I mean. The drop, aye. But without permission because we didn't know who to ask. You'd be... You'd be John Cor... Croydon's land? And I'm sure he wouldn't begrudge ye. But we mean to do ye better than that. There's a spread northwest of here, the Bar K. Used to be long to the Garber family, but they gave it up and moved after the fire. And now belongs to the association. So, that's where they'll be staying. The Bar K. The Bar K. Barky, Barky. Uh. Um, but pretty much they've been told that it's been cleaned out. They've got full stock of food. No holes in the roof. Uh, what what think ye of that? Does it sound well to ye better than we deserve? I think that you've been very efficient and Mayor Thorne's been far too kind. And he did think that. The question was why. But we appreciate his thoughtfulness, don't we boys? Cuthbert and Elaine made vigorous assent, and we accept with thanks. Avery nodded. I'll tell him. Go safely, boys. Until tomorrow night, then, young gents. Tomorrow night, Roland agreed. Will you be able to find the barquet on your own, do you think? Again, Roland was struck by the man's unspoken contempt and unconscious, unconscious condensation. Woo! 
condensation. Oh God, I can't say it. I'm done. Read it for me. I'm trying to. Okay, okay. so what the the Con- word condescension? Because it would be condescending. So it'd be condescension. And I that sounds wrong though. It does. But, but that's what I'm reading. Condescension. Yeah, that's that's it. You got sure. it right. Sure, conscious condescension. Sure. Yet perhaps it was to be uh, to the good. If the high sheriff thought they were stupid, who knew what might come of it? We'll find it, Cuthbert said, mounting up. Avery was looking suspiciously at the rook's skull on the horn of Cuthbert's saddle. When did that get back there? Easy, because I thought the exact same thing until I remembered, uh, I believe Roland told him to take it off. He did? Before this flashback. Oh, God. I think he told him to take it off at the gates, not when they're back the day before. You're probably right on that. Maybe. Yeah, because it's right before two, and two is when we go back. I don't to know the why they went back in time. And they could I, just hold this in in line and then fine. Well, what's he going to do? Tell the story to his buddies while they're on their way to the. You're telling the story to us! <laughs> he is! Mm. Um, uh, the moment the affiliation brats mounted on their father's expensive horseflesh were around the corner and headed downhill to the high street, the sheriff and his deputies stopped waving. Avery turned to Dave Hollis, whose expression of slightly stupid awe had been replaced with one marginally more intelligent. What you think, Dave? Dave lifted his monocle to his mouth and began to nibble nervously at the brass edges. Blah, blah, blah about the wife. Soft, Dave said. Soft as eggs just dropped out of the chicken's butt. Because why not? There's no other way of going about it. Mm-hmm. Mayhap, Avery said, putting his thumbs in his belt in his belt and rocking uh, enormously back and forth. But the one did, uh, but the one did most of the talking. Him and the the flat head hat. He doesn't think he's soft. Don't matter what he thinks, Dave said, still nibbling at the eyeglass. He's in Hanbury now. He may have to change his way of thinking. To our Aaron. To Aaron. 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 Yeah. You don't quite understand who they no. are. Says they would leave the rich boys alone if the rich boys left them alone. Those were the orders straight from Mayor's house. But Avery had to admit he wouldn't mind a little dust up with them, so he wouldn't. He would enjoy putting his boot into the balls of the one with that idiotic bird's skull on his saddle horn, standing there and mocking him. He'd been thinking all the while that Herc Avery was too country dumb to know what he was up to. But the thing he'd really enjoy would be beating the cool look from the eyes of the boy in the flathead preacher's hat, seeing a hotter expression of fear rise up in them as Mr. Will Dearborn, Dearborn, Will Dearborn, yeah, names, of Hemphill, realized that New Cannon was far away and his rich father couldn't help him. Aye, he said, clapping Dave on the shoulder, mayhap he'll have to change his way of thinking. He smiled, one very different from any of those he had shown the affiliation counters. Mayhap they all will. Yeah, y'all just y'all really, really don't understand who you're messing with. You just, you have no idea. 
Do you think he would go anywhere like that? You have to realize that, like, what? I, I don't know how much time has passed, but less, probably less than a month ago or so. Well, I don't know how long Fort Wheels is. How, long, how far away is Fort Wheels? Do you 400 wheels? It's close to miles. Okay. So not close. And by horse, I have no idea how long Either that took. Either way, within the past year or less, you've had this child literally maim a grown man with a bird <laughs> and then threaten to storm a castle to kill someone, okay? <laughs> well, I'm saying, they're all gunslingers. Yeah. They're all in training to be gunslingers. They're, they're not... I know they don't get that. They understand that. They don't have a reason to understand that. That's the that. whole point. But, whoo, buddy. Uh, well, the kids are running away. Mm. What did you think of our new friend? The High Sheriff, Roland asked. I have no opinion, Cuthbert said brightly. No, none at all. Opinions is politics, and politics is evil, which has caused many a fellow to be hung while he's still young and pretty. He leaned forward, tapped the rook's skull with his knuckle. The lookout didn't care for him, though. I'm sure to say that our faithful lookout thought Sheriff Avery a fat bag of guts with a trustworthy bone in his body. Is that how the lookout felt? Mm. Yeah, you look at you. Yeah, a lot of opinions there, buddy. Roland turned to Elaine. And you, young Master Stockworth? Elaine uh, considered it considered it for some time, as was his way, chewing a piece of grass that he grass he'd bent over saddle to pick from the side of the road. At last, he said. If he came upon us burning in the street, I don't think he'd piss on us to put us out. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. Cuthbert laughed heartily at that. And you, Will? How uh, how do you say, dear Captain? He doesn't interest me much. But one thing he said does. Given that the horse meadow they call the drop has to be at least 30 wheels long, and runs five or more to the dusty desert. How do you suppose Sheriff Avery knew where we were, where were, knew we were on the part of the that land that belonged to Croydon's Piano Ranch? They looked at him first with surprise, then speculation. After a moment, Cuthbert leaned forward and rapped once more on the rook's skull, we're being watched, and you never reported it? No supper for you, sir. And I'll be the stockade the next time it happens. Darn Rook not doing his job. Nope. Not doing his darn job. And, of course, Roland's mind just kind of wanders off to Susan again. Of course it does. Wanting to see her again. You know, even though his mind's a bit on Susan, he's still more observant, apparently, than his buddies. I, apparently... And now they were at the mayor's house. Let the game begin, Roland thought. Not clear on what that meant, even as the phrase went through his mind. Surely not thinking of castles. Not then. Yeah. So. They are greeted by two women. Um, it says, The plumper of the two stepped forward, smiling, and dropped them a deep curtsy. Her... You are the young men from the affiliation. You okay? Oh, I, I might not die. From the affili- affiliation, so you are, and welcome you are as well. 
Good even, sirs, and may your days be long upon the earth. They bowed in unison, boots forward, and thanked her in an unintended chorus that made her laugh and clap her hands. The tall woman beside her offered them a smile as spare as her frame. I am Olive Thorne, the plump woman said, the mayor's wife. This is my sister-in-law, Coral. Coral Thorne, still with that narrow smile, dipped them a token courtesy. Curtsy. Roland, Cuthbert, and Elaine bowed again. I welcome you to Seafront, Olive Thorne said. Uh, come to our house with joy. I say so with all my heart, so I do. And so we will, madam, Roland said, for your greeting has made us joyful. He took her hand and with no calculation whatsoever, raised it to his lips and kissed it. Her delighted laughter made him smile. He liked Olive Thorne on sight, and it was perhaps well he met someone of that sort early on, for with the problematic exception of Susan Delgado, he met no one else he liked, no one else he trusted all that night. It's interesting he'd take a liking mm -hmm. to Olive. Poor yeah. Olive. And because it keeps being brought up, I forgot to mention that she's wearing a certain kind of earring. It just says they're lo they're square cut fire dims, or they look like square cut fire dims. Fancy, yeah, jewelry earring of some sort. Yes, yes, that will be brought back up for sure. Um, it says, um, two men, Sheriff Avery and an elderly gent as gaunt as old Doctor Death in a cartoon. <laughs> came toward them. Beyond, through a pair of double doors now open wide, a whole room full of people stood about with crystal punch cups in their hands, talking and taking little bits of food from the trays which were circulating. Roland had time for just one narrow-eyed glance toward Cuthbert. Everything, every name, every face, every nuance, especially those. Cuthbert raised an eyebrow, his discreet version of a nod, and then Roland was pulled willy-nilly into the evening, his first real evening of service as a working gunslinger, and and he had rarely worked harder. Old Dr. Death. What a good name. Kimba Rhymer. Kimba. Kimba. Kumba, yeah, my lord. Kumba, yeah, my lord. I don't know anymore. That's all I got. Kimba. <laughs> Remember who you are. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're going to go with Lion King. <laughs> sure. Hey, it comes out soon. It does. It does come out soon. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. When does that come out? The 19th. God, it's a little late. It's the weekend after the vacay. You can't just, you know, can't put everything in your vacation, okay? I disagree. You has a birthday, you has an anniversary, you, Lion King can have its own time, okay? I didn't put nothing with this page. Um, pretty much we learn about Kimba Reimer, who is the Chancellor. Um, a title he thinks they made up just for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Chancellor and Minister of Inventory. <laughs> Says, uh... 
The skinny sister-in-law, Coral, had disappeared, but Olive Thorne was still there, looking up at the newcomers with her hands decorously clasped before that area of her body. Okay. It might, it pretty much on her stomach. Okay. They didn't <laughs> have to be mean. Yeah. Stephen King, you're rude. Um, <laughs> He's just describing the people. There was other ways to put that, and you know it. Oh. Uh. I think which, the character is plump. Which might once have been her way. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? Stephen King, what the hell? <sighs> uh, very eager to meet you, Hardis. Very eager indeed. Shall I conduct them, Kimba? Or, nay, nay, you mustn't trouble yourself with so many other guests to attend, Reimer said. I suppose you're right. She curtsied to Roland and his companion a final time. And although she still smiled, and though the smile looked completely genuine to Roland, he thought, she's unhappy about something, all the same. Desperately so, I think. Poor Olive. Well, she's the only person I feel bad in this chapter yeah. at all. Pretty much, yes. He's comparing pretty much the great, the place that he's at now to the Great Hall in Gilead. Um, all the people. Of course, there's people in sashes. Yeah, yeah, there definitely is. Contrary to what the High Sheriff had told them that day, before several of the men were, before, several of the men were wearing sashes of various colors. But Roland didn't feel too out of place in his white silk shirt, black string tie, and one pair of stovepipe dress trousers. That uh, you, I can't. I can't. I don't remember if that's a type or the, the color. You know what? I don't know. Oh. I really don't know. Stovepipe dressed trousers. Sure. For every man wearing a sash, he saw three wearing a sort of dowdy box-tailed coat that he associated with stockmen at church, and saw several others, younger men for the most part, who weren't wearing coats at all. Some of the women wore jewelry, uh, though nothing so expensive as Cy Thorne's fire-dim earrings. Yeah, there's those earrings again. And once again, he's worried about what their waists look like. (laughs) A few of them looked like they've missed many meals. Okay, we get it. A bunch of fat people, okay? No, no, that that one said if that they've missed many meals, meaning he's... Or a bunch of thin people? Yeah. Okay, well, there's a bunch of fat people, a bunch of thin people, there's a bunch of, uh, a nice variation of people here. Yeah. Then he's... Uh, and then he saw one who was very different. Oh, it was Susan Delgado. Of course. Shimmering. And almost too beautiful to look this at. This is a movie trailer. <laughs> look at in her uh, in a blue silk dress with a high waist and a square cut bodice. Bodice. A bodice to show the tops of her breast. That's important. Very important. Around her neck was a sapphire pendant that made Olive Thorne's earrings look like paste. Yeah. Yeah, poor Olive. That's all I can really say. She stood next to a man wearing a sash the color of coals and a hot wood fire. 
That deep orange red was the barony's color, and Roland supposed that the man was their host, but for the moment Roland barely saw him. His eyes were held by Susan Delgado. Yeah. He wanted her suddenly and completely, with a desperate depth of feeling that felt like sickness. Everything he was and everything he had come for, it seemed, was secondary to her. Mm-hmm. 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 And then she, of course, noticed him, and they're like, they made eye contact. The world went in slow motion, and they kind of did that slow camera spin. That <laughs> works. We're just making the show right now. Yeah. Roland, hoping his face did not give away the fact that his heart was pounding like a hammer, was led directly to this group which stood close to the punch bowls. Distantly, he could feel Reimer's bony confederation... Confederation? Okay, I just wanted to make sure I read the right word. (laughs) Of fingers clamped to his arm above the elbow. More clearly, he could smell mingled perfumes, the oil from the lamps on the walls. Oh, God. Got the bone. Yeah. The aroma of the ocean and thought for no reason at all, Oh, I am dying. I am dying. Take a hold of yourself, Roland of Gilead. Stop this foolishness for your father's sake. Take hold. He tried, to some degree succeeded, and knew he would be lost the next time she looked at him. It was her eyes. The other night in the dark, he hadn't been able to see those fog-colored eyes. I didn't know how lucky I was, he thought, Why? Riley, I can never say that word. Weirly? Riley? So, of course, they do all the greetings and the bowing and the handshaking. He's trying desperately not to look at her. <laughs> oh. To the very bottom, so unless oh. you got more you want to say. But how very bottom? Like very, like the last sentence. Oh. Well, it, it's funny thinking, because he's like, was your trip difficult? Thorne was asking. Did you have adventures and experience perils? We would hear all the details at dinner. So we would. For you have few guests from the inner arc these days. His eager, slightly fatuous smile faded. His tufted brows drew together. Did ye encounter patrols of Farson? No, Excellency, Roland said. We, nay, lad, nay, no, Excellency. I won't have it, and to the fisher folk and hoss drivers I serve wouldn't, even if I would. Just Mayor Thorne, if you please. I would hear it all, every word, Thorne said. But before I forget my manners, in my eagerness, young gentlemen, let me introduce you to these close around me. Kimba, you've met. This formidable fellow to my left is Eldred Jonas. Mark him and mark him well. Ah, no. Chief of my newly installed security staff. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Ice cream. Yeah. Definitely. Thorin's smile looked momentarily embarrassed. I'm not convinced that I need extra security. Sheriff Avery's always been quite enough to keep the peace in our corner of the world. But Kimba insisted. And when Kimba insists, the mayor must bow. Kimba, you are the king. (laughs) You are the one true king. You must take my place. 
says, Jonas nodded. Please, gents, I'm sure. The voice was a reedy quaver. He then wished them long days upon the earth, all three, coming to roll in last in his round of handshaking. His grip was dry and firm, utterly untouched by the tremor in his voice. And now Roland noticed the que queer blue-shaped tattoo on the back of the man's right hand and the webbing between thumb and first finger. It looked like a coffin. Long days, pleasant nights, Roland said with hardly a thought. It was a greeting from his childhood, and it was only later he would realize it was one more apt to be associated with Gilead than with any such rural place as Hemphill. Just a small slip, but he was beginning to believe that their margin for such slips might be a good deal less than his father had thought when he had sent Roland here to get him out of Martin's way. And to you, Jonas said. His bright eyes measured Roland with a thoroughness that was close to insolence, still holding his hand. Then he released it and stepped back. Dun, dun, dun. Don't slip up, Roland. Something as simple as long day, pleasant nights. Yeah. So yeah, Cordelia comes next. Of course, he's like he can say that he sees the resemblance, but she, she looks like trash. <laughs> she looks like a prude or just just uppity compared to Susan. And then of course Susan gets introduced. And this was Roland starts, huh? <laughs> and our special friend, Miss Susan Delgado, Thorne finished, sounding flustered. Roland supposed she would have that effect on any man, even an old one like the mayor. Thorne urged her forward, bobbing his head and grinning. One of his knuckles choked, hands pressed against the small of her back, and Roland felt an instant of poisonous jealousy. Ridiculous. Given this man's age and his plump, pleasant wife. <laughs> but it was there, all right, and it was sharp. Sharp as a bee's rear end, Court would have said. Exactly like that, too. Mm -hmm. uh, then her face tilted up to his, and he looked at her with his eyes. Ooh. Oh, poor guy. He saw concern in her eyes, perhaps even fear. Promise me that if we meet at Mayor's house, we meet for the first time. The memory of those words had a sobering, clarifying effect and seemed to widen his vision a little, enough for him to be aware that the woman beside Jonas, the one who shared some of Susan's features, was looking at the girl with a mixture of curiosity and alarm. He bowed low but did little more than touch her ringless, outstretched hand. Even so, he felt something like a spark jump between their fingers. From the momentary widening of those eyes, he thought she felt it too. Pleased to meet you, Sai, he said. His attempt to be casual sounded tinny and false in his own ears. May your days be long. I and yours, Mr. Dearborn. Thank you, Sai. She turned to Elaine with a rep rapi rapidity that was almost rude, then to Cuthbert, who bowed, tapped, then said gravely, Yes, yes. 
Might I recline briefly at your feet, miss? Your beauty has loosened my knees. I'm sure a few moments spent looking up at your profile from below, with the back of my head on these cool tiles, would put me right. They all laughed at that, even Jonas and Miss Cordelia. Susan blushed prettily and slapped the back of Cuthbert's hand. For once, Roland blessed his friend's relentless sense of foolery. Because you took all the attention away. Thank <laughs> God. You broke the ice a little bit. You took it off of me. What was going on with that? Thank God. Cuthbert and his absurd sense of humor. Luckily, he was bold enough to say something like that. And then the party begins. Oh no! For well, yeah. First, he meets the what's his what, what's his name? The guy that we can't say his last name. You called him Lenny. Go Lenny. Yeah. He they they talk to Lenny about the barquet. Okay. It's perfect, sir. Elaine said, clean and dry, in room for twenty. Thank you. You've been too kind. Nonsense, Lenny said. <laughs> Looking pleased all the same as he knocked back a glass of punch. We're all in this together, boy. John Farson's but one bad straw in a field of wrongheadedness these days. The world's moved on, folks say, huh? Yes, they do. They say it a lot. Hear, hear, Mayor Thorne said in a voice that stove for the high ground of... Solemnity? I don't even know where we And fell a splash into the bowl. Roland noticed the scrawny old fellow was gripping one of Susan's hands. She seemed almost unaware of it. Was, was looking intently at Lenny instead. And suddenly he understood. The mayor, the mayor was either her uncle or perhaps a cousin of some close degree. Sure, we'll go with oh, that. Lenny's. Lenny ignored both, looking at the three newcomers instead. Continue oh, no, scrutinizing each in turn and finishing with Roland. It must be a cousin. It must be. An uncle, uncle or, a cousin. or a cousin. That's the only explanation here. There's no other explanation. It's just not possible. And now, now I have to say Lenny, otherwise it's going to get confusing. <laughs> and now, Lenny said, we'll toast your arrival proper, and ye've had to wait too long already for a dip of punch. It's dry as dusty you must be. He turned to the punch bowls and reached for the ladle in the larger and more ornate of the two, waving off the attendant, clearly wanting to honor them by serving them himself. Uh, Mr. Lenny, Roland said quietly, yet there was a force of command in that voice. Fran Linnell heard it and turned. The smaller bowl is soft punch, is it not? Lenny considered this at first, not understanding. Then his eyebrow went up. For the first time, he seemed to consider Roland and the others not as living symbols of the affiliation and the inner baronies, but as actual human beings. Young ones, only boys. But when you got right down to it... Yeah. Yeah, that, that is... No, when you, when you go from one page to the other, okay. those don't go together very well, okay. but... I draw ours from that, if you'd be so kind. He felt all eyes upon them now, her, eye, her eyes particularly. He kept his own firmly fixed on the rancher, but his peripheral vision was good, and he saw, 
He was very aware that Jonas's thin smile had resurfaced. Jonas knew what this was all about already. Roland supposed Thorin and Reimer did as well. These country mice knew a lot, more than they should, and he would need to think about that carefully later. It was the least of his concerns at the current moment, however. We have forgotten the faces of our fathers in a matter that has some bearing on our posting to Ambry. Roland was uncomfortably aware that he was now making a speech. Um, I needn't go into details, nor would you expect them, I know. But I should say that we promised not to indulge in spirits during our time here. As penance, you see. Her gaze, he could still feel it on his skin. Your father would be proud to hear ye speak so frank, Will Dearborn. Aye, so he would. And what boy worth his salt didn't get up to a little noise and wind from time to time? He clapped Roland on the shoulder, and all the grip of his hand was firm, and his smiles looked, smile looked genuine. His eyes were hard to read, only gleams of speculation deep in those bed of wrinkles. In his place, may I be proud for him? Yes, Roland said, smiling in return, and with my thanks. And mine, Cuthbert said. Mine as well, Elaine said quietly, taking the offered cup of soft punch and bowing to Lenny. Just to let you know. May have to pause in a minute. What? I got a text saying he's on his way. It'll be all right. Hmm? We'll be done if we hurry up. Okay, well. <laughs> we don't have that much. <laughs> okay. We'll we don't ahead. have that much if we just continue. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, so they do the toast. And... As they passed, and the shift as they passed into the dining hall, which had tonight been set four long trestle tables so close, there were barely room to move between them. Cordelia tugged her niece's hand, pulling her back from the mayor and Jonas, who had fallen into conversation with Lenny. Uh, why, why looked you at him so, Miss? That is so broken English. Cordelia Yoda. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Cordelia whispered furiously. The vertical line that appeared on her forehead tonight, uh, forehead, tonight it looked as deep as a trench. What ails thy pretty stupid head? Thy? Just that was enough to tell Susan that her aunt was in a fine rage. Looked at who and how. Her tone sounded right, she thought. But, oh, her heart. The hand over her clapped, clamped down, hurting. Uh, play no fiddle with me, Miss Oh So Young and Pretty. That nickname comes up so many oh, times. Oh, yeah, we'll hear that so many times. It's not even fun. That might as well be her name from this point on. Uh, have ye ever been... Have you ever seen that fine turned row of pins before? Tell me the truth. No. How could I, Aunt? You're hurting me. Aunt Cord smiled. Bailiff Bailfly? Bailfly? Sure. And clamped down harder. Better a small heart now than a large one later. Curb your impudence and curb your flirtatious eyes. Aunt, I don't know what you... I think you do, Cordelia said grimly, pressing her knees close to the wood paneling to allow the guests to stream past. Blah, blah, blah. 
Mind me, miss, mind me well. If I saw your cow eyes, ye may be sure that half the company saw. Well, that's what's done is done, but it stops now. Your time for ch- for such a child-made game is over. Do you understand? God. Yeah. God, I hate corn. It's pretty much just like... It was an expression that always made her feel like slapping her headstrong niece until her nose bled. What the fuck? You've made a vow and a contract. Papers have been passed. The weird woman has been consulted. Money has changed hands. And ye've given your promise. If that means nothing to such as yourself, girl, remember what it mean to your father. Tears rose in Susan's eyes again, and Cordelia was glad to see them. Her brother had been in Provident irritation, capable of producing only this far too pretty woman child, but he had his uses, even dead. Now promise you keep your eyes to yourself, and if that if ye see that boy coming, ye'll swing wide, eh? Wides ye can to stay out of his way. I promise, Aunt Susan whispered. I do. Cordelia, Cordelia smiled. She was really quite pretty when she smiled. It's well then. Let's go in. We're being looked at. Hold my arm, child. God, I hate that woman. I hate that woman so much. God. I have another left on this page. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much they are seated down at the table. Um, it's kind of a weird sitting. Like they have... They have uh, the mayor at the end, of course. Um, I think Susan's pretty much right next to him on mm-hmm. one side. And then... Olive is at the other end yeah. of the head. I believe her aunt is even on that same end. Mm, I think so. And I think uh, Jonas is too, mm-hmm. of course. It's like the mayor, Jonas, Cordelia, and uh, yeah. Susan. And then in the middle-ish somewhere, you, of course, have Roland sitting next to Coral. Coral. And then on the opposing side, the guy he's talking to. And then after them, they have, of course, Cuthbert and then Olive. And then we have a very long conversation here between Roland and... Renfrew. Renfrew, about how many horses he thinks they have. Yes. And he goes through a lot, lot of calculations. Yes. What was the total number? Somewhere, was like uh, 500 or something? So we're speaking of 420 head. No, even more. It plus 150. So yeah, it's like 570 or 80 horses. Yes, and then of course he does bring up the fact that there's it's possible people could be hiding them like behind their houses and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, it's uh, then of course it says, "Twas her poor da Ooster kept keep the barony stables." Renfrew nodded towards Susan, who was seated across three seats up from Roland. Um, Roland found her placement there passing peculiar, especially given the fact that the mayor's missus had been seated almost all the way at the far end of the table with Cuthbert. Roland supposed an old fellow like Thorne might like to have a pretty young relation near at hand to help draw attention to him, or to cheer up his own eye, but it still seemed odd, almost an insult to one's wife. If he was tired of her conversation, why not put her at the head of another table? They have their own customs, that's all, and the customs of the country aren't your concern. This man's crazy horse count is your concern. Yes, which we they keep talking about yeah. until Roland. Oh, yeah. He keeps looking. He, he keeps 
his eyes keep being drawn to Susan. And finally, Renfrew kind of notices. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the mayor her uncle? Or perhaps her cousin? Roland asked. What happened next had a heightened clarity in his memory, as if someone had turned up all the colors and sounds of the world. The velvet swags behind Susan suddenly seemed brighter red, and the caw of laughter which came from Coral Thorn was the sound of a breaking branch. It was surely loud enough to make everyone in the vicinity stop their conversations and look at her. Roland thought, except only Renfrew, and the two ranchers across the table did. Her uncle? It was her first conversation of the evening. Her uncle? That's good. Ah, Rennie. Renfrew said nothing, only pushed his L cup away, and finally began to eat his soup. I'm surprised at ye, young man. So I am. Ye may be from the inner world, but oh goodness... Whoever tended to your education of the real world, the one outside of books and maps, stopped a mite short, I'd say. She's his, and then a word so thick with dialect that Roland had no idea what it was. Seethen, it sounded, or perhaps sheathen. I beg your pardon? He was smiling, but the smile felt cold and false on his mouth. There was a heaviness in his belly, as if... The punch of the soup and the single beef strips had eaten politeness. Blah, blah, taken, blah, blah. Do you serve? Uh, do you serve? He asked her, meaning, did she serve at table? Mayhap she did serve, but likely she did in the room rather more in private than this. Suddenly, he wanted to hear no more and had the slightest interest in the meaning of the word the mayor's sister had used. Another burst of laughter rocked the table. Susan began to laugh, blah, 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 blah. It means, it means, quiet little woman, Renfrey said, clearly uncomfortable. It's an old term, not used much these days. Stop it, Remy, said Coral Thorn. Then to Roland, he's just an old cowboy and can't quite quit shoveling horse crap, even when he's always, uh, he's away from his beloved nags. Horses. Uh, Sheevan means sidewife. In the time of my great grandmother, it meant whore. But one of a certain kind. Yeah. She looked with a pale eye at Susan, who is now sipping ale, then turned back to Roland. There was a species? <laughs> a bailiff amusement in her gaze. He expression of Roland liked an expression Roland liked little. The kind of whore you had to pay for in coin. The kind to fine for the trade of simple folk. She's his gilly, Roland asked through lips which felt as if they had been iced. Aye, Coral said. Not cons- not consummated, not until reap, and none too happy about that is my brother, I'll warrant. But bought and paid for, just as in the old days, so she is. Coral Paw then said, Her father would die of shame if he could see her. She spoke with a kind of melancholy satisfaction. I hardly think we should judge the mayor too harshly, Renfrey said. It's an embarrassed... Uh, em- it's... In. No, Renfrey said, in an embarrassed pontificating voice 
Coral ignored him. She studied the lines of Susan's jaw, the soft swell of her bosom, above the silken edge of her bodice, the fall of her hair. The humor was gone from Coral's face. And it now, in it now, was a somehow chilling species of contempt. In spite of himself, Roland found himself imagining the mayor's knuckle-bunchy hands doing dirty things. <laughs> says He looked away toward the table's lower end, and what he saw there was no better. It was Olive Thorne that his eye found. Olive, who had been relegated to the foot of the table. Olive, looking up at the laughing folk who sat at its head, looking up at her husband, who had replaced her with a beautiful young girl, and gifted that girl with a pendant which made her own fire-dim earrings look dowdy by comparison. There was none of Coral's hatred and angered contempt on, angry contempt on her face. Looking at her might have been easier if that were so. She only gazed at her husband with eyes that were humble, hopeful, and unhappy. Now Roland understood why he had thought her sad. She had every reason to be. Yeah. She did. Yeah. yeah it says, He thought of Olive Thorne sitting down there at the foot of the table with the salt and the spices and untouched bowl of soup before her and that unhappy smile on her face. Seated where the girl could see her as well. And he thought that he had, had he been wearing his guns, he might well have drawn one and put a bullet in Susan Delgado's cold and whoring little heart. And thought... Who do you hope to fool? Yeah. Roland's really angry now. Not a happy camper. <laughs> yeah. So, dinner, of course, continues, and then they get pulled into this dance where they all pretty much just go in circles, and once some, pretty much once the circle meets or the song changes, the two people at the center have to dance with each other pretty yes. much. And, of course, Roland and her come face to face. Yes. Because why wouldn't they? He wouldn't have believed... Okay, it says... She moved closer for just a moment, and when she spoke, her breath tickled in his ear. He wondered if a woman could drive you mad. Literally mad. He would have believed so before tonight, but tonight everything had changed. Thank you for your discretion and your propriety, she whispered. He pulled back from her a little, and at the same time twirled her, his hand against the small of her back. Her feet followed his with never a pause or stutter. They moved with perfect grace, unafraid of his great and booted clawed stompers, even in their flimsy silk slippers. I can be discreet, Sigh, he said. As for propriety, I'm amazed you even know the word. She looked up into his cold face, her smile fading. He saw anger come in to fill it, but before anger there was hurt, as if he had slapped her. He felt both glad and sorry at the same time. "'Why do you speak so?' she whispered. The music stopped before he could answer, although how he might have answered he had no idea. She curtsied and he bowed, while those surrounding them clapped and whistled. They went back to their places to their separate circles, and the guitars began again. Roland felt his hand grasped on either side and began to turn with the circle once more. That's pretty much the end there. Yeah. Not a happy camper. No. Not happy. No. At all. He, of course, has just been taken by storm by this woman, only to find out that she's 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 gotten paid to do things with the... She's a geisha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But kind of. 
that's the end of this chapter. Uh, next chapter will be chapter 6. Shimi! Maybe about 22 pages. We'll be going from 211 to 233. Yay! Uh, which will be on the drop. Or 34. So, throw a like, throw a comment down below. Let us know how you're enjoying the book. <sighs> Subscribe to the channel if you got through this far. We got this rough rough reading out of the way. <laughs> where we don't understand words. We have to Google I, everything. I had a mental laughing breakdown, so it's fine. So it's all good. So hopefully you enjoyed. We enjoyed. I thought things were good. It was a pretty decent chapter. And I'm looking forward to talking to you about Shimi next time. Shimi. Love Shimi. Ah, uh, yeah. Let's know what you thought down below. But as always, you reach me at Stars Untraveled. Reach Amanda at Casey Pup. Reach the show at Beyond Our Focus. Practically anywhere, including YouTube and podcast services around the globe. Maybe. Maybe. In Midworld. In Midworld. Well, if you find Midworld, please let me know. Because I, I would I like to know. visit. I'd like to visit. I don't know if I want to get I don't there. want to stay. It's yeah. not, it doesn't sound like a particularly great place. But visiting would be interesting. Door. Find a door. Yeah, well, you haven't seen... Oh, God. The HBO show. Westworld? Yeah, Westworld. No, I haven't seen it yet. The first season, really good. I haven't seen the second season, but I heard mixed things. Longest but... outro. No, not the longest oh, no, outro. No, God. No, don't, no, not even close. <laughs> not close. But any final thoughts before we say goodbye to the fine folks? Go out and dance, people. Just. just all that. That's, Go out and dance. Okay. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time. Long days and pleasant.